Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Soccer festival going on in the neighborhood today. That's always encouraging. Making it difficult to get to the building. I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you, but think of those hundreds of soccer children. They're out there kicking balls around. For the for the folks at home, they've blocked off a few streets here in um, – do you call this Koreatown? What do you call this? It's Westlake. Westlake. Here in Westlake, they've blocked off some streets uh, to set up carnival rides to honor what, child soccer what players. we assume are teen soccer players. Uh, we're ba- we're Child and teen soccer players. Based on the sheer volume of children playing soccer right now. Yeah. It's astonishing. Anyway, I mean, I'm glad the kids are out there. I'm glad they're, you know, getting fit, blah, 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 off the streets, Michelle Obama, what have you. Sure. I don't like that they're influencing my commute, and I I think I'm going to go ahead and say fuck them. Okay. I mean, I can understand that. You're a resident of Los Angeles. Sure. And you have to have certain priorities. Yeah. Number one is going to be your commute. Mm-hmm. Number two is going to be the children. Mm-hmm. Number three is going to be festivals. Sure. That's probably your top three, Number four, keeping (laughs) gluten-free. And keeping my kids away from peanuts. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, Let's introduce our guest on this week's program. I'd love to. Uh, He is the host of the Rock Solid podcast. Mm -hmm. He is a uh, television writer and producer. Mm -hmm. He is a regular with our friends uh, Matt and Jimmy on the show Never Not Funny. Um, he's going to be on the Never Not Funny podcast-a-thon coming up at the end of November, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. His name is Mr. Pat Francis. Pat, welcome to the program. Hello. I'm, uh, I'm marveling at the professional setup here. Yeah, it's as though we're professionals. We're in like a soundproof, like, packing crate <laughs> of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're going to be shipped to Russia, by the way. Um, yeah. Some <laughs> Russian businessmen bought us as brides. Uh, yeah. Are you cool with that? I'm fine. I, like, at any... Point like a, a forklift could just scoop this whole thing up, put us on a cargo ship, and we would just be broadcasting uh, at sea. We picked you to be on this week's program because of your sexy jugs. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that the my moobs. Yeah, we knew that the um, vizier to the czar would really love your jugs <laughs> sure. and your moves. Yeah, and Absolutely. I hope you love living as his concub- concubine. Excuse yeah. me. Do I have to? What kind of work do I have to do? Just sex slavery? That's it. All I have to do? You're going to have to make borscht as well. <laughs> I will have to learn. And like some hosting. Okay. Like you won't have to like, like you won't have to like mix drinks at the party, mm-hmm. but you'll have to be like his host and like I, welcome his guests. I was a greeter at, jerk the, them off. at the Gap uh, for a time. <laughs> you so know that's that great. Me? That's great training. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. So I mean, fantastic. In, instead of saying you know welcome to the Gap. We have we've got a sale on chinos. You can say, "Welcome to the Czar's Sex Dome." <laughs> would you like some? Would borscht? you like some borscht? Or have at it? Sure, yeah. <laughs> Go to town. You'll say, <laughs> "Get a load of these jugs <laughs> and these moves <laughs> and these jugs of borscht." <laughs> oh yeah, borscht tastes best in a jug. Can I say something uh, just real sure. quick about borscht? Yeah, because I'm worried that I'm using borscht as a punchline here, and I'm worried that people will think that I'm anti-borscht. And I want to clarify here. I very much am in support of borscht. I do too. I borscht is very tasty. I've made I've made some borscht mm-hmm. myself. I've consumed borscht in uh, both a non-professional dining environment and a professional dining environment. Mm. So you've ordered borscht. I've ordered borscht, mm-hmm. um, and I love this stuff. I love the taste. 
Uh, I love uh, the addition of sour cream. Mm-hmm. I love that it makes your pee red. That's oh, my yeah. top That's three nice. things that I love about borscht. Yeah. I am not afraid to admit I don't even know what it is. Really? I don't know what it's borscht is. It's a cold beet soup. I've heard the word, but I've only heard the word used uh, for comedic – thank you – for comedic purposes. I was going to do that, but then I didn't know if – No, you're, well, they have I a, adjusted Pat's microphone yes. because I was concerned that it was drooping. Yeah. Like that. my moves. It's, it's uh, you know, borscht is one of those great comedy foods. Great punchline, mm-hmm. also tastes great, unlike Arby's. Yeah. Well, and now tell me what's in it. What's the main ingredient? Beets. Beets. Oh, and see. coldness. Not a, not a well, it can beets. be served cold or hot. Oh, interesting. I feel like I, I know borscht is only a cold food. Cold you can have a hot, hot borscht? You can have a hot borscht. Put some sour cream in there. Huh. I don't like the sound of a hot borscht. No, it's great. Huh. Where can I order this? What restaurant would carry this? Uh, Russian restaurant. <laughs> only a Russian restaurant. Mm, I mean, you might find like a... There might Cheesecake be... Factory doesn't make a borscht. They seem to make every type of food. They there. do, but there's also a handful of fried shrimp in there. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's not, it's not as authentic as it could be. And, and a two-inch layer of butter. <laughs> You're see, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, there are Russian restaurants, but also you could probably travel back to when I was in high school, and I went over to my friend Paula Gluzman's house for the day after Thanksgiving. There you go, where her Russian Jew parents would make everybody some borscht. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. It's one of those things; it tastes better the next day. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the truth about borscht. <laughs> Pat, can I backtrack a little bit? You said sure. you were surprised at the professional setup. I mean, I don't know. No, how... no, not surprised. It's just um, uh, the, the soundproofing, and the, the, there's this little cube. We're in this little cube. Mm-hmm. You yeah, record you are... your show. You record your show, uh, rock solid, in a very professional environment. You're literally next door to MC Light. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you when you were driving over here? What were you envisioning? Uh, no, I'm, uh, people told me that you guys have a very professional setup, okay. and, and, and he sent me a, a picture of the building, so I knew where I was coming. But uh, the view here is amazing. Sure, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is great. I'm glad that you did your due diligence. I'm I always happy think to the, hear that. I always think that people are just around a table, and you guys are actually we're we're in a we're in a uh, sure a freezer. Right? Yeah, exactly. We got to keep the meat cold. Yeah, it's a seven, it's a 79 degree freezer. Do you yeah. think that you and can climbing? It would be really funny to send people a picture of the building and then when they can't get in, uh, text them and say, we're at the Yoshinoya next door. <laughs> we record at a Yoshinoya. It's actually pretty quiet in there because no one ever goes in. That would be a nice theme show. You guys should think about maybe doing a remote from there. Oh, maybe they can sponsor us. Yeah. Yoshinoya, Yoshinoya presents. Bowls. Our bowls are better than theirs, better than theirs <laughs> because they're made fresh. I have still never heard this song. <laughs> it's a real song. They got raps too. Wow. They got Yoshinoya bowl wraps. Well, I think that'll kind of fit the flavor of our show, you which listen. I think is very hip hop influenced. You got to oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean it's all it's all a freestyle, and in a lot of ways it's also like jazz. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Have you guys- wait, wait, guys? Can we take a while to make some self satisfied noises at that analogy? Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. Great American art form comedy yeah. podcast. Is <laughs> jazz tap dancing in this? <laughs> yeah. Have you guys been to the Magic Castle? I have been to the Magic Castle. I have not been okay. to the Magic it, Castle. This is an invitation only. It is comedy. It's a private club. Magic <laughs> venue. Yeah, yes. in a Com- castle. Comedy magic and regular magic. Yeah. Yes. All, well, I think the the kind of one of the amazing things about mm-hmm. the Magic Castle, and there's a lot of amazing things about it, is how you'll be there. 
over the course of an evening, you will experience all the magics. Yes. You will, there's a guy doing card tricks. Up close. There's a goofy dad telling one-liners yeah. while wearing a vest. There's and a then, guy who's really magical. Yeah. Real magic. <laughs> there's a wizard. Yeah. There's just a wizard then hanging the big, out. The big theatrical room. But yeah, and then you'll see like a, you know, an erotic goth Chris Angel type, yeah. you know, putting rings over an Asian woman. <laughs> yeah. Now at the at the bar downstairs, there's a there's a stool that you sit on. It's a trick stool. Have mm-hmm. you sat on this? I don't think I've sat on this particular. You sat stool. on the stool. Describe the stool, and I'll tell you if I've sat on it. It's just it's just it just looks like all the other stools, except um, whoever you're with knows about this stool, and then they they get you to sit on oh. it, and it slowly lowers, uh-huh. and you don't realize it's lower oh. until all of a sudden your friend goes, you know. How's it feel hey, there? And you smell like, my what? dick. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and the reason that made me think of this is that's exactly what this mic is doing right now. Uh, pretty <laughs> yeah. soon you'll be Look, smelling your I own ra- dick. I raise it up oh. and, then it, and then it just – you see it? I don't know what's going on with this Slowly. microphone. Who's been in here? You know, who, you know who I blame? Chris Angel? Cameron Esposito. Oh, me too. Cameron Esposito. The Chris Angel of comedy. Yeah, she's well known as the as the Chris Angel of comedy because they share a style of dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both known for their good looks. Sure. Uh, and they both do magic tricks. Sure. Both goth, too. Act. Yeah, they're both super goth. Yeah. <laughs> you brought a friend to watch today. Where is she watching from? Where, uh, where we've got she? an observation zone, which is uh, outside. It's a window, and you can put headphones on. We actually. Right. This so is like so a, she could sit here. This would be a good seat. This is like yeah, a yeah. surgical theater. <laughs> yeah. So she'll be sitting in the pews above us. Yeah. Wait, are they called pews if they're not in a church? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, this is uh, this is much like the Showtime original series, The Nick. Yeah, I think that's how we describe. Oh, our I have show. not watched The Nick yet. We will be letting your blood later. How is The Nick? <laughs> Got to balance them humors. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I would guess pretty good. Yeah, it's Steven probably Soderbergh, all Clive right. Owen. Yeah, yeah. I think it's safe to assume that that the, the Nick is a B plus, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's a great assumption. Yeah, sort of like um, uh, Masters of Sex. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, pretty good show. I bet it's a it's a Masters of Sex Boardwalk Empire esque program. Yeah. Look, you get to see that Lizzie Kaplan naked a lot. Ooh, she boy. is naked a lot. She's a very attractive young she's woman. She's very attractive. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. She's a handsome young woman. Like I'm you surprised know what? after a plus. she was that shows an A plus. <laughs> yeah. After she was naked once, I thought we'll never see her naked again. That was just her. She's like, yeah, I'll do it once because I understand that everyone needs to. Be naked once in the show. But then she's... She's got to be getting that guap for that show. Yeah. they got to be... they got to be... <laughs> getting that what? That guap. What's getting guap? That guap? Is that money? It means money. Who calls I've never who heard calls guap money guap? Getting that guap. I thought borscht was sorry, money before the sorry show Sorry if I'm hip-hop influenced, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we've got we've to bring this vibe if we want to bring this the show, show to Yoshinoya. Is, this show is known for its urban flavor. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I'm, I've clearly fallen behind. So where does guap come from? And what is it short it's for? It means guacamole, which means money. That's guac. Yeah, you said guap. But guap is a is a is a bastardization of guac, oh. which means guacamole, which is green, which means and thus it means money. That's amazing. Yeah, I I think you know what I'm calling it guap now too. Good. I think everyone will be. What about yeah. hey Jordan? Can I give who, you? A, uh, can you say, can you say who popularized it? Where does this come from? It's Don't definitely know? something you'd hear E40 say. Okay, getting that guap. <laughs> All right. Uh, you also might hear him say that he was stacking that yaper. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Pat, you should have E40 on Rock Solid sometime. I, yes. Who is that? He could hit you to some good slang. I have no slang. I have no good slang. I know. I'm going to start who is saying. The, who is the, the most unusual – who was the most surprising <clears throat> guest you've ever – because you've had some – 
You've had some very legitimate artists. Yeah. And what artists would we not expect to have heard on Rock Solid that was on Rock Solid? You mean Solid? it was like a guest in the studio? Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. I think every – I don't – that's a good question. I'm going to have to do some research and get back to you on that. Have you had Rick Springfield? Uh, oh, I've been trying so hard to get Rick Springfield. Have you watched the Rick Springfield documentary? Yes, I have. It's... Do I own the Rick Springfield documentary? Yes, I <laughs> An affair of the heart? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, why did you decide to own it? Are there some special features that you're like, I can't get this on Netflix. I, I, I need the commentary. I need the extended I cut. Am a huge, I'm a huge Rick Springfield fan. Really? Yes. Would you go – okay. So in like, not Jesse like, – I'm, like, I'm not like – when I say I'm a fan of stuff, that means – like I, the new album comes out. I I get it. Day yeah. of release. So I have, you know, so songs you know, from so the end of the world uh, from last year. <laughs> last year's. Uh, it has four, di- four different covers. I do own three of the different CD covers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So why not make it a complete set? What what's keeping because you from getting the fourth? Is it ugly? Who E forty is the three I bought. Uh, those those three have also have different couple different tracks than. And then, the, then there's an app. You're going to love this. I'm not kidding. You could look at my phone. There's a Rick Springfield app. You you uh, initiate it. Is that it's a called word? Tinder? And you uh, <laughs> no, it shows you a picture shows you, of Rick Springfield. <laughs> shows you where Rick Springfields are in your area. Yeah. This app, you point the camera of your phone on these album covers, and they come to life. And he talks to. It's crazy. What? Yeah, it's crazy. So. Okay, if I knew we were going to have this conversation, I would have brought the albums and this, we could have tried. The uh, this is now all I want to talk about. Uh, okay, <laughs> so how so, many how many albums has Rick Springfield made? Like, say, in the past ten years. Okay, in the past ten years, we have. Well, Karma came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. So let's let's. I know that's not ten years ago, but it's what it's 15 years ago. Yeah, we can count that. Here's okay. the thing, he, Pat. I would say he said he said if we count. His Christmas album. Let's go ahead and count his that. live album. Let's count that. And his uh, his album of children's songs. Uh, he's had seven albums, I think, in ten years. Wow! You got all, you got all seven. What, what, what did you say? You got all seven. Are you are you asking me if I have all these albums? <laughs> yes, I have all these albums. <laughs> uh, including I don't Christmas have the children. And the children's I don't album. have the children's one because That'd my, be a my kids aren't be a little creepy. Into that. Uh, they're not of that. Well, yeah. no, no kid is. They're not no one is. They're more into cheap. Like they're more into dad. cheap tricks. Yes, but no. Uh, my kids aren't of the age where I could have said like, "Well, I bought this for my children." It would have been a creepy. Sure, purchase. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so wait. So what? What is preventing you from getting this fourth from having that complete set? It it it, it uh, all the tracks on the other three are okay. So it, you have all the nothing, bonus yeah, tracks, right? Uh, and he's not as sexy on that album cover as he is on the other three. Does okay. he come to? A, does he come alive in a sexy way in the app? <laughs> no, like a come hither, just like unbutton a couple buttons <laughs> on his shirt and do hey, a snakey dance. <laughs> so so watching this documentary, which I really enjoyed, yeah. I thought it was really terrific. Yes, it was fun. What is this uh, documentary about? Uh, it's called An Affair of the Heart. I think we talked about it when you weren't here. Okay. Um, it's it's just about. What Rick Springfield is doing now, and it profiles some of his fans, okay. which are um, uh, enthusiastic forty-year-old women in crop tops. Yes, right. And and the, I think uh, Pat Francis the, was the apparently un- cut out of it. The underlying backstory. <laughs> the underlying backstory <laughs> of it. Cutting room floor. <laughs> Cutting room Francis. That's what they call it. <laughs> I'm uh, bonus features. Um, the underlying thing of it too is, I guess, in the heyday when he was popular, like around Jesse's Girl and all those sure. albums, I guess he wasn't really that accessible or nice to his fans. Yeah, and so he's kind of like a Mark Marin now trying to make amends for all. You his know, that's like a that's a, that's a bad terrific behavior. analogy yeah. of like yeah of a guy who once he 
once he made himself all yeah. about his fans, really had a lot of success. Right. Yeah, he's much more. Uh, There's a yeah. cruise. Yeah, there is. Is he still a looker, Rick Springfield? He's he, a famous looker, right? He's um, he he's in great shape. I think he's 68. He's he's yeah, but I think he's had he's had a little work on his face that. That he shouldn't have probably done. Well, I mean, you know, and he has a youthful look because all throughout this movie, uh, all Ed Hardy. Basically all Ed Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) And and that'll make you seem young. Or just a white t-shirt too sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Did did Rick Springfield, was he the creative force behind his biggest hits or was he just a pretty face? No, no. He writes writes all the music. He's very – before he was on General Hospital, he had a, a few albums. Rick Springfield was on General Hospital. Yeah, Dr. Don't no- assume that I know that Rick Springfield <laughs> – just as I can't assume that you know what it means to stack Yaper. Yes. Uh, yeah, he was Dr. Noah Drake. Okay. Uh, yeah. When was this? Uh, that was around 81, 82, 83. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I have a family friend who was on General Hospital around then and uh, uh, I um, – well, Who's that person? Can you say that person's name? Do you want me to just – his name is Hugo Napier. OK. I don't know his character was called Dr. Something or other. Okay. I don't know. But but I'll tell you, I uh, I once emailed Jimmy Pardo. You know, my he's, he's sort of like mm, – growing up, he was a little bit like an uncle. But okay. he's actually my mom's uh, goddaughter's <laughs> husband. OK. Um, and so uh, one time I emailed Jimmy Pardo – Hey, do you know who Hugo Napier is? Because he hasn't acted basically since the late 80s. Right. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, that's Dr. Something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, a, I have a, one remark I want to make about the documentary and then I have sure. one question about it. Uh, the remark, I might not be able to answer any of this. OK. But go ahead. Uh, the, the amazing thing about that is that throughout that, that movie, they tease you with Jesse's Girl. Like they don't really play it right. for a while. They'll play bits of it or they'll show fans singing yes. it. And they only really play the song in its entirety at the very end. They yeah. have a live version that kind of has this – kicks off this kind of ending montage. Yeah. That song fucking rocks. And it, the live yeah. version really rocks too. I was like – I'm like, wow, I'm really enjoying this song. I know. It's crazy. Uh, the thing I didn't – maybe didn't take away from the movie that I would like a Rick Springfield fan to answer is that I guess other than you know, his being about his fans, which is really amiable, yeah. what – what draws people to this guy? Because the music seems – it's super competent, mm-hmm. but it seems a little bit – it seems so whatever or kind of generic. Am I wrong about that or like – so what What makes people so crazy about it I guess is what I want to know. I think – see because I agree. I, I mean I agree that's from the from the outside. That's what it looks yeah. like. But I'm t- like his his newest album, it really, really rocks. It huh. really do- – and I think, I think people can't get by like uh, – you know the the couple of big hits. I think sure. that's, you know, I think that happens with a lot of artists. They have these iconic hits, and then people. Well, that's all it is. We can't get by that. And he's mm-hmm. a pretty boy. Sure. You know, so maybe Man, that's pretty it. Pretty boy. He's got those yeah. sweet Ed Hardy threads. I was. Um. I just saw him. He, he performed. Uh, he did a solo acoustic show in Santa Monica just a few months ago, and then he took a Q and A afterwards. Which I was with Mike Siegel, and uh, Mike just kept saying, "Oh, every one of these questions is going to be Rick. Can I get a hug? I mean, that's what we thought every question was going to be." But uh, so anyway, I one of my hobbies is I, I get autographs. I get vinyl and I get them autographed. And and uh, Jesse's. When you say vinyl, you mean like 
Like body suits. Like cats. No, 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 no. Like I'm talking about gimp mask. Uh, Rick, would you autograph uh, my, my gimp mask? <laughs> and then would you like my me ball in the gag? Uh, and then I get uh, the, uh, the artists I like to autograph, and then I put it on a in a frame and I hang it on the wall. I've got sure, about a sure, hundred sure. of these oh. in in my office at home. So uh, I was waiting for Rick's autograph, and it was just it was me, and then one of these fifty old women. Sure, I'm fifty, so I mean, it's not yeah, big. but. Uh, so, I mean, you got her number. <laughs> <laughs> her name's Mary. Uh-huh. And she's like, are you a big Rick fan? I said, I said, uh, I'm having so much trouble with this mic. I said, uh, I said, yeah. She goes, how many times have you seen him? Now, I'm, I'm a huge Rick Springfield fan. This is only the second time I've ever seen him live. Well. So I said, I've seen him twice. And her jaw hit the floor because she thought. What have you been doing with your yeah, life? Yeah, you said you're you've a big waste, fan. You've basically been wasting your life. And cause, because she had seen him like over 350 times. Oh my god. And then she goes, I'm just out she says, I'm just out here waiting for my hug. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, every time I see Rick, I wait after the show and he comes over and he gives me a hug. And I was like, uh, okay. So uh so I'm like, well, if if I'm going to get his autograph, I'm going to stand next to sure. H- Huggy Bear. Yeah. And see what happens. And As sure she's enough. Known. Sure enough, <laughs> her family calls her. He comes out and she goes, hi, Rick. He goes, hey, Mary. And she goes, I'm just waiting for my hug. And he goes, here it comes. I was like, what the heck is happening here? This is happening exactly like she erection? said it would. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I did get his autograph, but not an erection. Oh, but, um, that's better. Well, one out of two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, you'd get both. I mean, right. If you were a ball player, you'd be the greatest hitter of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's your uh, – do you have a prized autograph? Um, I have Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend and Springsteen and Tom Petty, Jackson Brown, Ray Davies. I mean, those were kind of hard to, to get. Mm -hmm. I was just turned down. Did you have to kill? No, no. (laughs) I have a, I have a, oh, jeez. You just got turned down. Who'd you get turned down by? Okay. So not only do I, I, I like Rick Springfield. I also, I also like Asia. Hmm. So I know it's laughable and I can laugh with what's you funny too. what's funny is so you've been you've been a regular guest on Never Not Funny yes. and a regular co-host on Never Not Funny right. on and off for many many years yeah, and yeah. I've I've listened to Never Not Funny since the beginning yeah and you know I know about your autograph enthusiasm yes, because sure. of that and you know typically Never Not Funny when it comes to music conversation Jimmy's steering the ship yeah and Jimmy's steering it directly Towards Kiss, hmm. <laughs> pretty much every time. Right. And so you, you are the guy on the show whose favorite band is Cheap Trick. Yes, and Cheap Trick is—I mean, Kiss has its own type of uh, 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 fan base, buffoonery. No, uh, I think uh, Kiss has its own type of credibility. Okay, a, a sort of it has had in recent years. It's it's much more acceptable for a credible. Act to say they were influenced by Kiss, sure. especially as a kid. Yeah. Um, e- even though they're, you know, they're obviously a relatively low credibility sure. rock and roll act. Right, exactly. And I think Cheap Trick is in the world of the type of, you know, kind of pop rock that they make, they're as credible as it gets. Yeah. I think Cheap sure. Trick is a very credible act. Um, and then you just said that your other things that you love are Rick Springfield. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of things I like, but, um, yeah. but so uh, I've been trying to get my, the first two Asia albums signed by all the members of the band since 2006. 
Right. So it's been an it's been an eight year. Yeah. Quest. Are you are they is the band all together? Do they um, all? Uh, this tour, Steve Howe. Who's also in Yes? And he is, used to be a relief pitcher for the Yankees. Yes, he he finally he has finally left Asia to con to concentrate on all things Yes. Mm. <laughs> but luckily, I well I, as long as what he's doing will have unusual time signatures. Yes, exactly. I think we can all agree yes. that it's for the best. So, but luckily, I got his autograph. Uh, I got him to sign these two albums. Uh, about a year and a half ago, and he said the the strangest thing any artist has ever said to me when I asked them for a signature. He looked at me and he said, "Do you really want to do this?" <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> and of course, I said, "I said, yeah." And then he just begrudgingly signed them both. What did he mean? I don't know. Did he want to fight me? I don't. Were other did he people... think I was wanted to fight him? Did he, <laughs> did he think that maybe you were there for your first homosexual experience? I have no idea what he meant. It was the strangest. I mean, response. I'm, I'm reminded of a little movie called The Santa Claus. <laughs> Is this a situation where if you sign a sign a pact with him, uh -huh. if I had a dollar for every time you said that on this show, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I'm a broken record. Right. The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Mm -hmm. Maybe is this a situation where if you you swap places and then you're in yes. And now and then, I look like the Crypt Keeper? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Then you become a skeleton person. Uh, yeah. It was, it was can so I ask you Can I ask you another question? Yes. Yes. Ask me anything. It, uh, here's another possibility. Do you think that it's a situ situation analogous to the film Jingle All the Way mm -hmm. and you'll be mm -hmm. wrestling with Sinbad trying to get the last toy on the show <laughs> <laughs> if, if he signs the thing? You guys love your Christmas music. Listen, movies. I think we could all agree this is a Prancer situation. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Prancer. Don't even bring up Mrs. Claus with Jenny McCarthy. I swear to God. Uh, well, serious Jordan Jesse Go fans will know. Movie? It might not be a movie. I think <laughs> yeah, I think that's a movie. Uh, well, serious Jordan. Is Jesse she Gomez. a little bit? Is she like the? Is she like Mrs. Claus, but less traditional and more brassy? Probably. That sounds about right. Probably. Anyway. And against vac vaccinations. <laughs> she wouldn't have any of the reindeer vaccinated. Sure. Yeah. They all have Lyme disease. <laughs> Hoof and mouth. Yeah. Open mouth, maybe? <laughs> you were gonna. You, what, you were just gonna start. Sorry. Oh, uh, regular any, fans. Any serious Jordan Jesse Go fans knows that Jordan's favorite genre of movie is Santa movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite genre of movie when I'm trying to seem interesting on a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're making chit chat. Are you single? Huh? I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if there's any ladies out there who are into Santa movies, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> but hey, okay, I just want to – I want something further to the ladies out there. I know you love Bad Santa. It's hilarious. It's not a Santa movie. When I say I like Santa <laughs> movies, I mean movies where Santa is real in the world of the movie. Like right. Elf. Yeah. Exactly. Santa Claus, Thank you. Santa Claus versus the Martians. Thank you. Yes. S A N T A C L A U S. Hooray for Santa Claus. And I'm sorry, but Jingle All the Way, not a Santa movie. Mm. It's a Christmas movie. Right. Right. You want it when the character of Santa is actually Santa. What about Four Christmases and a Funeral? Yeah, but that well, that's about the death of Santa. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's about the aftermath of Santa's death. Right. And then there's uh, Steel Santa, Santa Boy from Earth Two. 
Okay, I need to take a Santa break. Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> I need to take a break so that we can fix Pat's microphone stand, get a little cool air in here. When we come back, we're going to find out. More about the what's collision the of Santas from multiple Earths. Well, I want to know what the craziest thing Pat Francis has ever done oh. in an attempt to get an art. I, I can tell you that. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Okay. I'm Cameron Esposito, and each week I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Rhea Butcher. That's me. And Ricky Carmona. I am Ricky Carmona. We talk about action and sci-fi movies on a little show called Wham Bam Pow. You can find it on MaximumFun.org. It's amazing. Super fun. True that. Reviews, news, and stuff you can use. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And uh, hello. I, <laughs> point, I got scared for a second. I, I'm Pat Francis. Is that what you want me to say? Yeah. You can have a nickname. stupid nickname for yourself. All right. You want to do it again? We can take this from the top. How about or this? I can just you – know, You know how you're an autograph hound? Yes. How about the hound? The hound. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fun. I like it. Right? You want to try it on for size? Yeah, sure. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Pat Francis, the hound. Ooh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Actually, uh, the, stage, uh, the stage manager over at Conan O'Brien show – uh, calls me parking lot Pat <laughs> because he said that's I'm always out blowing guys in the park. Well, no. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Now come to think of it, maybe that I thought he meant because I'm always out in the parking lot getting an autograph, but apparently oh. he meant uh, BJ's. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about these autographs. Well, potato, for a potato. I want to know uh, first of all, are there other autograph people that you know and recognize after shows, and what proportion of the people that are waiting around for autographs? Uh, are 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 enthusiasts, and what proportion are just sad sad guys with a stack of eight by tens from the from their car trunk and, that are going to put them on eBay? Um, we all seem sad. First uh-huh. of all, um, it's so funny. Like I, I see, yeah, I see like a handful of the same guys all the time. And uh, some of the guys I think are just like me. They they just want they are, they're a collector. It's just for them. And then a lot of guys I do think when they have a stack of stuff, I usually bring like two things. You know, one and, for you and one to sell on eBay. No, I no I don't I don't um, I don't sell them on eBay. They like to keep doubles. Yeah, yeah. In case there's a or fire. maybe I'll put them both up. You know, or whatever. Uh, I remember when I got Neil Diamond's autograph, he said, you're not going to put this on – you're not going to put this on eBay, are you? <laughs> and I said, you can personalize it if you want. And he goes, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to know your name, yeah, sir. Almost interrupted me. He just he <laughs> goes, I believe you. <laughs> um, you were asking what the – I don't know if it's cra- – well, it's kind of crazy, I guess. What's the most ex- – what's the greatest length you've ever gone to? OK. Have so you ever used a grappling hook? I was – I'm a very, very big Jackson Brown fan. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Singer and, song, beloved singer songwriter. Yes, he's 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 uh, Southern California's Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really lovely analogy. Yeah. So uh, it really works perfectly. He's like Bruce Springsteen, but more chill. Yeah, more chill. He's super chill. And uh, I I uh, I attempted to get his autograph quite a 
couple of times, but I never, I never got face to face with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went out a different door. I don't know, whatever. Sure. But so I saw him out at the Thousand Oaks Civic Center, and one of the stories he told on stage was that uh, he goes, he goes, I, I drove myself here tonight in in, in my brand new car. It was a, a Chevy Volt. Mm. And, uh, and he talked about this car, how much he likes it, because uh, he's big into the environment and everything. And oh, so, Southern um, California yes, for spring Springs. That's right. So, uh, so after, after the show, I go to the artist entrance, entrance, and I go to where the buses and stuff are parked, and I see the Chevy Volt, and it's plugged in. Mm. So I'm like, that's his car. If that car's here, he's still here. So, so I'm going to unplug it so the battery dies. <laughs> I, I need to give him a ride I home. I give him a ride home. <laughs> Uh, so I go down and I sit right next to the Chevy Volt. Yeah. I'm there for about 10 minutes and then security goes, you can't be You can't be Hands here. off the Volt. Yeah, you can't be here. I said, all right. So uh, Hands off the Volt, Francis. So I go back up to this other area where I can look over and I can see the Volt and I can see everything. And uh, security kicks me out of that area. We should be clear. Security recognizes you from the Pat Benatar concert the previous <laughs> week. <laughs> um, that's funny you should say that. Pat Benatar uh, uh, said – A white whale for you? She – OK. Let me, let me jump into that real quick because you brought up Pat Benatar. OK. Sure. No, let's, let's – I'm, I'm, I'm at the Canyon Club. Let's, let's just let's, – let's, let's follow this tra- crazy train uh, down crazy. whatever track it wants to go. I, uh, I'm waiting at the Canyon Club to get Pat Benatar's autograph. I'm the only person waiting. Mm-hmm. She comes walking down Can the ramp. Can someone remind me what, the, what a Pat Benatar hit is? Uh, hit me with your best shot. OK. Um, Fire away. She, with boom. your story, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> she comes walking down the ramp. I'm right there. I'm now I'm dressed <laughs> – I'm not dressed. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It was. Uh, and my name's Pat. So we'll get that. Uh, I've never no, had, I'm not, had more fun on a podcast. I'm not dressed as a. I'm not dressed as a freak. I'm uh, like a shirt like this one, and maybe a nice clean hoodie. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you will dress like a freak, you know, with a second neck. <laughs> yeah, you have a chicken right. that you're about to bite the head yeah, off. Exactly. Uh, Pinhead. But, yep. But uh, so she you comes have down. Seal flippers on because you're seal boy. <laughs> And I said, Pat, can I get a signature? And she said uh, – she goes, yeah, let, just let me get in here real quick. She pointed to her car, which was right there. Yeah. So I thought, OK, she's going to get in her car and she's going to get in and, and then she's going to roll the window down and call me over. Uh, no, she does not do that. She just gets in the car. And leaves? No, she just shuts the door and nothing – and I'm – Does wait, this end and, with you pursuing Pat Benatar down the one freeway, a high-speed chase? I'll add to that in one second. OK. <laughs> her – her husband comes down next, uh, Neil Giraldo. He's he's her guitarist, and he's just as much oh, a part. That's of, sweet. I didn't know that they yeah, worked together. Yeah, he's just as much a part of. Was he his? Was he her guitarist during when she was at her most famous? He was put to. He she was like put together with a band. He was the guitarist, and then they fell in love. And oh, that's kind of a lovely story. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he comes down. I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll ask Neil. I go, Neil, can I get a signature? And he says to me, Oh, buddy, I can't do that. and he gets in the car and then the car leaves oh boy so i don't know what so you jump on your vespa i get in my car Mm. (laughs) and i follow them just to see what what you know 
Just to see, just to see what their home I don't know. Is. Is, yeah. So see, I don't know why I did Just to see what's system. in their garbage. I, I don't know why <laughs> I did To see if it. they have any pets that will be easy to kill. They literally <laughs> drove up the street to get and went in a, in a jack-in-the-box uh, drive-thru to get food. They went to jack-in-the-box? Wait, and, so you're telling me that Pat Benatar, mm-hmm. after a big show in Southern California. Has a chalupa? Just goes <laughs> to jack-in-the-box? <laughs> yeah. I'll be. Now yeah. I've heard it all, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I think she comes out of the story looking pretty good. She's super down to earth. She likes Jack in the Box just like me. Jack in the Box. Can I, can I, uh, and lies to her fans. Can, yeah. I, can I give you guys a dramatic reenactment of the interaction at the Jack in the Box drive-thru window? Do you want me to be the, the drive-thru <laughs> yeah. worker? Yeah. Welcome to Jack in the Box. How can I take your order? Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> you want fries with that? What if they Fire were, away. What, what if they ordered their food there and the guy at the speaker box said, Oh, Pat, I can't, I do, can't that. do that. I can't get you that. Can I have curly fries instead of regular? Okay. Uh, so, I can't do okay, that. Okay, so you've gone from unusual to criminal. Yes. Let's pick the story so, back. So, <laughs> Thousand Oak Civic Center, I'm still there. The security now removes me, not re- physically, but they tell me you can't be here. Anyway, the- cut to two weeks later. I'm jacking off Pat Benatar's shed. <laughs> <laughs> this is back to Jackson Brown. I can't be at the artist entrance, so I go, I go, and I and I crouch down in some bushes. I crouch down in some bushes. <laughs> I crouch down in some bushes. You put on your infrared goggles, where I can still no, I can still see the Chevy Volt because there's you know there's lights by it. As I'm in the bushes, good news is you got the dark gun with you. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to put him down, well, and, then, a radio and then I'm going to put, I'm going to put a, a sharpie in his hand. I'm just going to move his hand <laughs> sure, and do yeah. the signature myself. You're tightening the belt around your neck, preparing for a very intense yes. orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> so now all the lights go out at the Thousand Oaks Civic Center, except in this <laughs> artist's parking lot. And security, they literally walk by me crouched in a bush, and, and they get in their cars, and they all leave. Yeah. So you can now, still see the vault at this yes. point. The vault's still there. So now I'm like, I'm the only one here. Me and Jackson Brown are the only one at the venue currently. Mm-hmm. So you, you put on some music, <laughs> turn the lights down a little bit, pour some a few wine. rose petals mm-hmm. out on the car. Mm-hmm. Da, da, so, uh, but I da, wait da, at the da, art. Da, I still don't wait by, by the vault. Best shot. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I wait it. I go back to the artist entrance because I see light under the door, so I know there's a light one in there. It's t- totally ridiculous. And then, uh, yeah, and like eventually, you're a real tough cookie with a long uh, history. I know. <laughs> So eventually the door opens. Jackson Brown comes out with four handlers. Mm. And I said, hey, Jackson, can I get – they're startled, first of all, because sure. they don't expect anyone to be in the dark. And you've leapt out of the bush. Yeah. You've propelled yourself forward with a cheetah-like pounce. And uh, his handler just put a flashlight on the album and he signed it nicely. And I said, thanks. Great show. Yes, thank you. And that wow. was it. But that was a long – yeah. that was quite a wait. When did, at what point did you murder him? <laughs> it makes the autograph more valuable, Patrick. <laughs> That's true. I have to remember this. <laughs> I, you know, I waited for I uh, my friend. Uh, are you a fan? Like, are you a fanatic fan of someone that you would love to meet? And you too. I'm not well, discounting you. I host a public radio program where I can invite people onto my show. That's true. And I can have a sincere like. I had recently Ishmael Butler of Diggable Planets and Shabazz Palaces mm-hmm. on the program, um, and that's somebody that. Um, you know, that I had a really – I you know, the second Digwell Planets album, which is called Blowout Comb, was like the record that I listened to over and over and over and yeah. over when I was in eighth grade. Right. You know what I mean? Like over and over and over. And uh, and that's exciting if you can sit down with these people. It makes me a little bit nervous though. Does it? Usually in a normal circumstance, I'm fine. Like just meeting a famous person mm-hmm. doesn't make me nervous. Um 
sometimes if it's a really beautiful lady, that makes me a little mm-hmm. nervous because I'm like, eh, I shouldn't be talking to this person. Too good looking. Yeah. Um, well, your wife's very beautiful. You'd have to talk to her every day. That's a good point, but I'm used to that. Okay. And well, your wife has a no eye contact policy, right? That's also true. You have to. You have <laughs> but to. Whisk- the, the first thing, you when what? you met you, when you had to One. talk to your wife for the first time, how did that work? When you first met her. Uh, you had to have got up some some man balls. I you Is that know what? A term? I took a lot of chances when I was a teen. All right, you so, thought you you thought you were immortal. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, once Ava Mendez touched my leg, and hello. I could not talk. I was like lost. Hmm. <laughs> okay, let's start over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but usually I'm not that worried about it. But I have had a couple of that. Mm. But th- that's the thing. Like it has also made me feel so much more aware of how human people whose work yeah. I admire are. That that I really don't get. You know, even with Ishmael Butler, who had meant all this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was really excited to get to talk to him. And it, and you know, at the end of our interview, I said, you know, I just. Ish, I just wanted to tell you, you know, the I list Black Home was like the record that I listened to over and over when I was a teenager. Yeah. And it really meant meant and means a lot to me. So thanks for coming by. And he was grateful to hear it. Um, and I did get his autograph, which I'll basically never do. Um, but, yeah, there's relatively Did you get few. it on an album? What did you get it on? I did get it on an album. Oh, I got cool. it on a copy of Blowout Comb on Great. LP. I, um, yeah, like when I, I only get nervous because I think that the guest isn't going to show up. So I'm nervous and like I never think anyone's going to walk through the door. Sure. We're recording at 12 noon. Are they going to come in? And I – because like you know, I had Melissa Etheridge on, the, on my show and, and John Waite and Marshall Crenshaw. And these people are really mean a lot to me. Right. And so Melissa Etheridge was just like the greatest person ever. And I, 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 I had her – I got Is her – Is better than Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> what did Abraham Lincoln do again? Mm, I'm going to say League of Nations. Yeah. Is that right? League of Legends. League of Legends. He's a professional video he's, game player. Yeah. He's a, he's a barbarian. He's, he's very close. Celebrity. It's yeah. very close. Celebrity. It's very close. Okay. But, uh, but you know, during through, – through interviewing her, I had her and John Waite both tear up at stuff I was telling them about how much certain songs meant to me or something. And Oh, not because they were telling an emotional story to you. No. Because you the, the, you were taking the interview as an opportunity to just – To gush. Well, yeah. Cause, yes. I, yeah, I was gushing. But it was – but I but I really mean it too. It wasn't just like – and at the end of the – thing, the thing that I find after when, – when anyone comes on my show, I think they think like, what the fuck is this? What are, what are we doing here? And then afterwards, they all say, this was so much fun. This is really great. Because I let them – when was the last time the guitarist from the cars, Elliot Easton, got to talk for two hours? Unedited about his entire career. His wife doesn't let him talk like that. No, well, she, no, she said she was there during that recording. She was like, "Oh boy," <laughs> and he got to hold the remote that whole time, right? That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, so I, think, I, I love meeting people. I think that, that I like, admire. I, yeah, and I think, I think, I think all of us have probably had a moment where we're like, okay, well, like here's this famous person. Yeah, I probably should tell them that they're great, and I probably shouldn't <laughs> gush because. You know, I've got this idea that it happens mm-hmm. to famous people all the time. Yeah. I think that maybe the people that we like, other than maybe like a Pat Benatar, are probably <laughs> people who get it occasionally but not so often that it, you know, yeah. ruins their life. I think like if Tom Cruise was our favorite person and we're like, oh, should I say something to Tom Cruise? Probably not. But I think that, uh, you know, being kind of mm. aficionado-y, nerdy type people, yeah. I think the people we love probably – 
are in a position where they only hear it a couple times yeah. a week and it's still fun. Yeah. Well, like with Melissa Etheridge, I, I went really specific with her. She has a song called Tuesday Morning, which is about uh, uh, about the, uh, 9-11. And it's about um, – it's about um, oh, and I can't pull his name now. But um, who's the guy that said let's roll on the plane? Mm-hmm. Sure. So let's roll, guy. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a fourth. I'll, I'll be sure. There was a fourth guy on the plane who is uh, who's a ho- who is a homosexual mm-hmm. that also helped out. You know, he was one of the four guys that you know sure. took took over the plane and had a crash. But but uh, he did, he doesn't get any. He never you never heard anything. You only yeah. heard about the let's roll guy. And I told her that that song to me because I love that song. I said your song Tuesday morning to me is as good as anything that Bruce Springsteen wrote about nine eleven on his album The Rising. And she just lent – she just was like really taken by that. And I meant it because I, I, I really do feel that way. It wasn't like I'm going to say this and then she's going to sign my goddamn album. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> when I was in college, my friend Noah from college was a big let's wait for to get autographs guy. And it never occurred mm-hmm. to me. Um, but I think his dad was an autograph guy or uh-huh. something like that. And I was like, wait, so if you just wait around, they'll give you their autograph? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, I tell people, they go, how did you get this autograph? I go, you wait 30 years and 90 minutes yeah. and they'll sign. Yeah. Because all the artists I like were big 30 years Listen, ago. Listen, just after the yeah. show, be eyeballing all the prime bushes. <laughs> so go, I'm sorry. Say you no. Know. So the best, the best experience I had uh, waiting for an autograph was with the rapper Common, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who was, who was uh, just about to have his, his smash hit The Light. Um, as I'm sure you know, Pat. Oh my God, I'm a big Common fan. And uh, Common had this. Common had a song. Common had a record that had, uh, you know, it was like a battle record, and he used a derogatory word for gays that starts with F. Fairies. Uh, close. Mm. Um, wait, let's I don't. Not, don't you know what? Not really, let's not try and guess. I don't. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't guess. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. No, Pat. I don't think it's necessary to. <laughs> I think you'll it's figure right it out. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of what it, it is. It always is. <laughs> Pat, you're a homophobe. No. No, he's not. So anyway, so he had this word, this song that had – and me and uh, me and a friend of mine were in the front row. And and when he when he rapped – when he did that song, I was like, geez, is he, re- he going to do that lyric? Yeah. Because, you know, he's a generally uh, an uplifting type rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and he did. Was it in the context of the song? Is it about gay people, or is it just about no, somebody? It's else? not about. Okay. Gay. It's just a. It's about just a guy a, he doesn't like. Yeah, gotcha. Exactly. So he's not saying don't call people this word. No, he's not. It's it's a, it's neither the worst nor the best case scenario. Okay. Um, it's a it's a lousy scenario, not a hateful or murderous scenario. Okay. Okay. So he's using it as a sort of a generic insult, but um, yeah. but still, you know, inappropriate. And um, and I booed him, and we were in like the front row. It was sure. not a huge show. I mean, this is in Santa right. Cruz, you know, so it was you know maybe a, a five hundred person show or something. Yeah. Booed him, and then uh, like under your breath, boo or really no, full out just, boo. Yeah, for full out. All right, and you know we were we're in there. You know we're like rapping along with all the songs. Like knew all the songs yeah. at the time and stuff. You know, so we were right in the front. So. We booed him and he sort of like looked at us for a minute and then after the show, we waited to talk to him and get his autograph. (laughs) (laughs) And to boo him one-on-one. And – Hey, I think you're great. I just wanted to say boo. Boo. (laughs) Yeah, well, so anyway, so he got his autograph and, um, you know, he sort of – maybe he sort of recognized us. Like, oh, you know, we we 
we boot, we're big fans. Booed for a minute in your song, and you know, I hope you understand why you know made us uncomfortable and yeah. whatever. And uh, and he said, uh, and he said, you know, I I. I totally understand. I really appreciate it and I get where you're coming from. I've been thinking a lot about that in that song lately myself and blah, 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 blah. And he gave a very sincere, heartfelt answer and then um, uh, and then he ne- he never – I mean I'm not, not causality. I'm not attributing causality to it. But right. he didn't use that language going forward and in fact recorded a, a big song about a gay friend who uh, had HIV mm-hmm. later on, which for a rapper is a pretty big deal. It is. And uh, and I was – it was just a very nice experience that uh, that I that I had st- – you know, rather than just booing this dude. Yeah. Which, I mean, is something. But then we had this nice talk about it and he was really sweet about it and, and said he thought about it and he doesn't, he doesn't use that language anymore. And not many people that boo an artist then wait to say – to glad hand him afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, that was legitimate. I, it was, I was and am a, yeah. you know, a fan of his. So um, that was part of why otherwise I wouldn't have just not been there. You know what I mean? So that that probably made you a bigger fan because of the way. Yeah, that, because he was such yeah. a decent guy. Nice. Yeah, I had a lot of – every person that I waited for an I, – I can't remember. I'm trying to remember who else me and Noah Finneybird <laughs> waited for an autograph of The Roots outside of a show at the Maritime Hall in San Francisco. Got all The Roots autographs. They were all exceedingly nice. Um, uh, Talib Kweli, Most Deaf, Michelle Indege Ocello, and uh, Ozo Motley. Do you still have show. these autographs? Yeah, you know, like rolled up in a you know poster tube somewhere. They're not up on my walls, but um, yeah, it's a it's a kind of an interesting. It's an odd thing. I I like it honestly. Like I kind I know people are into taking a picture with somebody now. Yeah, and autographs are less of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost like having an autograph, uh, like a personally inscribed autograph more yeah. than a weird shitty picture that your friend took. Hmm. Yeah, you really slow down the pace too when you jump in there for a picture. You yeah. know what I mean? Like some people are waiting for autographs and all of a sudden, can I get a picture? Well, and if it's somebody else using your phone, the first, first yeah. couple are going to be bad. Well, yep. when um, I saw hmm. Elvis Costello at the Will Turn, I got his autograph after that show. When people wanted pictures, he took their camera and he took the selfie himself. Oh. It's like the coolest guy. So Elvis like, Costello has a mastery of various camera phones. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, I'm like, wow, that's real. Now, you can say, this is a picture of me and Elvis Costello, and he took it. Yeah, this is a picture of me by Elvis Costello. Yeah. <laughs> it's a portrait of sure. me as photographed. By, what if that was? What if that's what you just wait behind? You just wait after shows, and then you just hand them a camera and say, "Can you take a picture, picture. of me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be unique. Kind of shoulders up. Don't get a lot of body into yeah. it. Some Rule headroom. Of thirds. Yeah. Rule of thirds. I don't want don't to do center any... the subject in the frame. <laughs> I don't want to have to do any cropping on this when I get home. I just sure. want it to be as hold it is. down. A little bit longer so we get the flash. Thank you, Elvis Costello. <laughs> what was the worst experience that you ever had? Uh, that Pat Benatar was pretty disappointing. <laughs> because I was, did you act? Did you, you did you get to stop at Jack in the Box though? I just just I just just kept going. Yeah, I just I just kept she's going. got gotten a couple of tacos. It's just disappointing. Like um, you fire a few shots, you got well, to get this, out of there. I'll tell you what this <laughs> this this past Sunday night uh, with the the last Asia signature I needed. Mm-hmm. This is the singer. And uh, Asia Carrera. <laughs> That's a porn star, right? Star of pornography? Mm, yeah. I think so. So um, 
So uh, it's just me and another guy and uh, and Mike Schmidt, who likes to come out with me to shows and, and wait. He gets a kick out of past guest on this program. Yeah. Most of the 40 year old boy podcast. Also he, from the world of pornography. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a kick. Mike Thick Dick Schlong. It's not the Schmidt, 40. It's thick, not the 40 inch boy. That's a completely ah, different, different um, show. So I see it's um, about a man with a really sad life. <laughs> so I see uh, I see the lead singer. Thick and he's, Dick, though. <laughs> uh, he's, wait, is 40 the thickness of his dick? Wow, yeah, that would be crazy. Oh, yeah, no, length and width. What? It's 40, a, it's a perfect a, square. I'm like a really big dude, and I am a, I have a 38-inch 38, 38 waist. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who could accommodate that? Oh, yeah, no, his dick could be your belt. You could... You know, maybe have to make some Wait, notches. Wait, if it was the length. You mean if I wore it like a, like a tree ring? Yeah. Like if I cut out the inside of it? Yes. <laughs> oh, on, no, the dick's as long as it is wide. I hope that on his deathbed he donates his dick to a belt company so that they can make belts out of his skin. That's yeah. a good point. Penis skin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, would be some, that, that would be something enthusiasts would want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get one of those limited edition uh, Mike Schmidt dick belts. <laughs> Did he Ooh. sign it? No, he was no. dead when they removed it. Oh, I see. Things. You've got snake skin and eel skin. Well, I have Mike Schmidt skin. <laughs> uh, so, what were we talking about? Me getting the oh, yeah, yeah, sure, ages sure. autograph. I run, I run, I run to the car he's getting into, and um, it's just me and another guy, and then Mike Schmidt tailing behind. I get to the car and I say, I said, John, can I get a signature? And he just waves. Wave. It's like not a hello wave. It's like he's waving me off. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that. And I said, I said, I said, I said, is that a yes? <laughs> because it's been, it's I'm going to keep running, okay? Yeah, yes. And uh, I'm going to continue running at you. And Mike Schmidt was so pleased at my line of, of uh, trying to continue to get it. I said, is that a yes? And he waved off again. And I said, do you want me to come over to the car and you'll roll down the window and you'll sign? <laughs> and then, and just then the other guy runs up. You know, gets next What's to that? Me. Cut off a lock of your hair? Okay. <laughs> and he doesn't. He just – he gets in the car and he just just mm. drives away. So I go home disappointed. I get on uh, my rock solid Twitter feed mm. and, and John Wetton oh – John Wetton's the the singer from Asia. Yeah. He says, great show tonight at the Canyon Club, something like great to see the fans, whatever he said. And so I respond, unbelievable show tonight, John. Uh, you guys sounded better than ever. Uh, just wish you would have given those two guys, the only two guys waiting, an autograph. <laughs> he responds like immediately. He says, "He says, well, if those two gentlemen wouldn't have been smoking, I would have. But after a show, I just can't be around that." Okay, well. Okay, no, I wasn't smoking, mm. and neither was the other guy. We don't smoke. Were you just standing and- near a fire? No, nowhere was there smoking. Do you think it's possible that someone had given you a hot foot and you hadn't noticed yet? <laughs> oh, <I wonder laughs> Classic college true. prank. Maybe my feet were on fire from running to the car mm-hmm. to try to get us. Uh, so then I respond because I can't let it go. No. I said, Why okay. I go, I appreciate that you're trying to save face. Oh, boy. I, oh, uh, but I said, but. Shots fired. But Finally, blam, someone's blam, taking blam, blam. the lead singer of Asia, <laughs> right? <laughs> taking him to task for what a phony he yeah, is. Yeah, but I said, neither neither one of those, because I don't say it's me. <laughs> those men, neither you're still one keeping of those, up the premise. Neither one of those gentlemen yeah. were smoking. And um, he responds back, and he corrects my grammar, because I, whatever I said, I, I said neither mm. one was or neither one were. Whatever sure. I said was wrong. Let me just summarize. Yeah. You fucked up big time. Yeah. I fucked up big time with the grammar. Mm-hmm. So he says, I'm not trying – I don't need to save face or ass. I've never heard that. Saving ass? Yeah. Well, 
He says, "You don't have an S collection." I don't. And he says, and he's, and then he said, and it's, and then he corrected my grammar, put the correct, whatever the correct wow. form of the sentence was. Huh? And you were tweeting from your rock solid account. Yes. <laughs> so that's a good use of your show. But then, <laughs> but then I know that's I never get him as a guest. Then I go to my personal account and then favorite all my remarks, and then I think I said respond from there, like, "Yeah, John," you know, something like that, something witty like that. Jerk. It's pretty funny. Is this something that you did as a kid, as a teenager? No, I just um, I started doing this like uh, late in life to get pussy. (laughs) I started doing this maybe fifteen years ago. Yeah, Uh, I just wanted to get cheap cheap tricks autograph. Oh wow, because they're my favorite band, and it was a piece of cake. So I'm like, I wonder if you can get. You just hung outside Budokan. I said, I wonder if you – I flew to Japan. (laughs) Have you ever watched the cheap trick episode of uh, American Pickers? Yes. So phony. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. What do they do? Well, it, on American Pickers, this is a television program. This is prob- This is uh, certainly the worst television program that I watch mm. regularly. Um, it could be worse. It's not the worst program. It's not the worst. Of that type. It's no. a perfectly decent program of that type, but it's a low-quality type of yeah, program. Yeah, it is. It very much is. So what they do is they go, they go around mostly the Midwest mm-hmm. and they go to the homes of people that they pretend aren't dealers mm-hmm. – um, and you know some of, some of them I'm sure are just legitimate you know hyper super obsessive collectors and they go through their barns and buy their gas pumps mostly gas pumps not mm-hmm. exclusively gas pumps but mostly so gas the, pumps. the premise is that like we're just going to go through an ordinary barn and see what we find yeah well but no, it's, it's always... like the premise is that they're they're like antique dealers mm-hmm. but they don't not really antiques more like. Male decorative items. Okay. Uh, almost everything they buy has something to do with gasoline. Okay. Um, sometimes they'll buy so a motorcycle. this is some sweet gear for your man cave then. <laughs> this is that, exactly. And uh, they go to the homes of collectors that live in these places where the, you just have outbuildings, you know, four outbuildings. You go through it. And one day on one of these episodes – so for a while there on the show – I've seen a lot of episodes of this program. They decided to integrate much more narrative into it and – so I think they must have had success the time that they uh, did some picking on behalf of William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> they had to buy some equestrian items. Um, and uh, Not Star Trek items? No, 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 no. A baker's rack they ended up buying him, I think. It was a nice baker's rack. Sure. Uh, but they, they for some reason had to go – to the cheap trick guy's house. It's in Rock- Rockford, Rockford, Illinois. His storage. So they went to like promote his restaurant or museum. That's <laughs> like, I've been lurking outside there. <laughs> yeah, I think well, I know what it's like I, to lurk I, outside. I, I remember there. it was called Rick's Picks. Uh, yeah. Right? Yes, yes. Was it a restaurant or a museum? I think it's I think he had a show like of his guitars because he's a, okay. he has like like a thousand sure. guitars or something. Right. So he and then he went to his storage unit. Yeah. They went to his storage unit and just like bought a couple of posters from Live at Budokan. Yeah. <laughs> but it was an impressive storage unit. I mean, to see, huh. all, I mean, oh, for a cheap trick fan like yeah. myself. <laughs> so uh, yeah, where, where, that you was just need as a guy. I just wanted. I just all I ending. could think of the whole time I was watching it is, oh, cheap trick. That's Pat Francis's favorite <laughs> band. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he's there waiting for an autograph. <laughs> they open up a storage shed and I'm there. Hey, guys. Meanwhile, the whole time the two guys who host the show are like pretending they know what Cheap Trick is. Yeah, and they don't. No, not at all. You not didn't think slightest. they were Cheap Trick fans? Well, it was weird because like a 20 minutes of this thing is like them going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something to yeah. look at a c- guitar collection hmm. as though that's inappropriate. Look, I have a lot of strong feelings about this. <laughs> you still watch it though? Yeah. 
so I'm still and I, do I watch do I watch Aussie Pickers, the Australian version sometimes, and Canadian Pickers, the Canadian version? Wow, yeah. sure I watch those sometimes when I'm ironing. It's the number one time when I watch that. Hmm. You don't watch this in lieu of uh, playing with your children or having a conversation with your wife. No, I don't talk to my wife or play with my children. <laughs> it's not a concern. Not something people need to worry about. Listen, when they start having angles on some sweet antique gas yeah. pumps, then maybe you'll talk to them. You yeah. do have to watch those sh- You do have to do something to qualify watching those shows. Like, I- I'll put on The Housewives of New Jersey, but I, I make sure that I'm, like, folding laundry or doing something but you doing my taxes. You're a, you're a sometime prof- I mean, you're sometimes a story editor on shows I story like story produce on shows like that. Yeah, and I worked so on one. And you, you're you, it's per, it's a prof- it's a professional interest for you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Pat. We're, worked, we're trying to help you out here. Worked, Go with this premise. I worked Go with on this a show premise. a few years ago where it was going to be some guys in the swamp finding treasures, and so in in my first meeting, swamp nuggets. I'm not going to say the name of the show, but they. Uh, first swamp meet, treasures. The first, <laughs> it was called Swamp Guys Looking for Treasure. The first meeting I had, I go, and so I, I said, I said, are some of these items going to be planted? And the guy just looked at me straight in the eye and goes, oh, every one. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, that's so much not fun. Yeah. So not fun to watch the footage of people finding the fake treasure that they, that they know is, is there. And they're not good actors. No. Come over here, Cletus, and think I found they're just, something. They're just simple swamp folk. <laughs> what do they know from acting? Right. And then they pull out like a rusted anchor. Oh, this anchor, this might have been here since the, you know. That'd be for just like keep the integrity of the show. There were just some episodes where they don't find anything. Yes. They just hang around the swamp. Man, nothing today. Um, uh, Back to the shack. Jimmy Pardo and I worked on the uh, a VH1 show called Bands Reunited. We uh, we worked on the pilot and then subsequently weren't uh, picked up to work on the show when it got picked up. But uh, I asked the guy, I said, "Now what if you seem cool with that?" <laughs> Not at all, <laughs> um, because every every well, you know, it's it's been ten years, so it seems like this was the one wound has healed. This was one of those things where every suggestion or idea that Jimmy and I gave, they went, no. And then when the show went to air, every single one of the things we suggested was hmm. they used. And it was so disappointing. Uh. But um, we said, would there ever be a time where you try to get the band back together and they, don't, and they just don't get back together? And that would be a show? And they're like, no. That would be... That wouldn't be a good show. I'm like, no, yes, it would be because you would see, you, they would, you would see the, the 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 journey of meeting the guys and them not wanting to do it, and so that would still be interesting TV. And they're like, mm, if there's not a a song at the end, then no, that would not be good. I'm like, oh, see, I don't like this reality stuff. Sometimes it seems but like they did I mean, start find, I mean, uh, one good idea that you gave them was that they should find treasures <laughs> <laughs> in swamps. They said they said we can't get back together because. We can't find our guitars, and we said we think they're buried in Santa Mon- under Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> and then we took them there, and they dug, and they found them, and then, and then uh, Loverboy played. <laughs> the one of these shows that I like the most okay. is called Bar Rescue, and they even had an episode. This is where a loud dad who is mean, <laughs> okay, and who owns one sport coat, okay, goes to various <laughs> bars that are failing, okay, and turns them into cheesy nightclubs. And yells at people and then tells them to fix their familial relationships if there are any involved in the business. And they even had an episode where he just said he could not save the bar. <laughs> and they even like promoted it as that. His name is John Taffer. And the whole time they were encouraging you to hashtag while you watch the show, Taffer walks. <laughs> because he <laughs> oh, walked God. at the end. He says, I can't do this. You guys are too messed up. 
Taffer walks. I'm worried about the people that are tweeting that hashtag. I know. Yeah. Who's? Yeah. I always wonder that too. Of like, yeah. I mean, along with TV shows, other than Scandal, because I mean, let's face it. What's is there a juicier hour on television? There is not. Well, the good, how to get away with murder? The good, That's true. The Good Wife. The Good. No. Okay. But yeah, like who who loves the hashtag? General Hospital. If you're watching back to back episodes, <laughs> watch the original with the uh, Doctor Noah Drake, please. I will. Thank you. Back. Um, but also, like, like when commercials want you to like hash, like, hey, tell us what your Arby's Jamoka moment is. What's your Jamoka moment? Who, like, oh my God. who is the person what kind who of sees that? what? Because, like, yeah, I'm gonna share some Jamoka moments. Yeah, I had a great one with the lead singer of Asia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. What kind of monster? What kind of inhuman someone monster? Down, someone, someone sits down on Twitter and types. I was having a particularly. <laughs> sensual moment with my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was really pounding away and I lost my erection. <laughs> hashtag Jamoka moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would do hashtag penis walks. <laughs> That's what I would do for that one. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. The Muppet Show, World War II. The song I Knew You Were Waiting For Me by Aretha Franklin and George Michael. So many great things have come from the collaboration between the U.S. and the U.K. But never let us forget that at the heart of it all, our two nations are deadly rivals. Join me, Dave Holmes, for International Waters, a transatlantic panel game that pits comedians in London and comedians in Los Angeles against each other. It's like the Revolutionary War, but with, like, way more jokes about One Direction and cinema. Find it in iTunes or at MaximumFun.org. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm parking lot Pat Francis. Oh, man. Just out there, S and D's and juggling D's. S and A's. <laughs> and then another kind of essing D's. Yes. And seeing seeing A's is collecting autographs. Sure, yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, that's what I meant. Oh, signing. S- I mean, oh, seeking autographs. Seeking autographs, sucking dicks. Okay. Great. Two B's. different S's. Seeing V's is juggling balls. Yeah. Okay. Well, you S the D. Yeah, sure. And you S, and to a certain extent, you're S-ing the A because you're hoping that's the payoff. <laughs> At the end, you wipe off a corner of your mouth, and then you, <laughs> and then you, say, hold, you hold up your eight by ten. I mean, ideally, they would jizz on the eight by ten. Yeah, that's what we call God's autograph. <laughs> well, then, if and then if you got home in time, you could stick it right on the wall. You wouldn't even need a frame. <laughs> well, then the, <laughs> well, then your guests won't be able to see it because oh, we well, guess you have them jizz on the back. Yeah, that's what I would have them do. You okay. want to have them jizz on both sides, guys? I think we figured this out. Yeah, yeah. no, I did. Yeah, sure. Because it comes. With, the nice thing is, you can you can actually get a pre-cut eight by ten frame with a built-in blacklight. Oh, so you can, you can really, check out the jizz. really check it out. Yeah. I mean, how many how many times do you get your your hero's DNA? Yeah, not many. Not many. Yeah. Man, I cannot wait. By the way, I am so excited to build a half Talib Kweli, half dinosaur monster <laughs> for my island. Yeah. Um, when something momentous, your island of freaks. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I thought he was. Then you s- are creating too spat in the face of they God. They don't dress like freaks. No. 
These aren't autograph seekers. <laughs> um, when something momentous happens to you, we have you call us for our segment, Momentous Occasions. The telephone number, 206-984-4FUN. 206-984-4FUN. Put in your goddamn phone. Let's take the first call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, possible guest. This is Kevin, formerly San Francisco, just recently moved to New York City. I just got off the one train, and the guy next to me had this small plastic bag he'd gotten from a bodega that had three items in it. It had some, uh, some Ritz crackers, some, uh, some chocolate peanut M&Ms, and it had easily 150 boxes of Magnum condoms that he was slowly sifting through and counting. And when I say boxes, I mean wrapped up, multi-packed together, like maybe... 20, 25 condoms to a pack. This guy either had a huge evening planned or he was running some sort of grift. Anyway, thanks again for a great show. Bye. Don't buy those condoms. It's a long con. Yeah, right? <laughs> Do you think it's possible that Mike Schmidt was visiting New York? Because, you know, he's got that 40 by 40. Hmm. Yeah. that's uh, I don't even know if they make a condom. That, by the way, yeah. is a new series of ESPN specials. <laughs> About giant dicks. <laughs> 40 by 40. <laughs> Fascinating. They're fascinating. They really go deep. Do you feel like this guy said that he was uh, formerly of San Francisco, now of New York, just to pander to me? I think so, yeah. Like, we're going to just going to now, people are just going to call yeah. up and be like, oh, my name's... Well, I don't know, Pete. I don't know if you've realized this, Jesse. People from San Francisco like to tell you they're from there. It's, they like uh, to bring it up randomly. It's uh, it's it's uh, Willie. Uh, same name as Willie McGee, former right fielder of the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm calling from Ketchikan, Alaska. Yeah. Different guy, just to be clear. <laughs> Start pandering to me. Call me when you're watching Bar Rescue and it's on in the background. <laughs> hey, uh, Jordan, I'm watching, this is Jordan. I'm watching the one where they uh, save the pirate bar, turn it into a respectful uh, white-collar place. Anyway. Are they not pandering to you by also being named Jordan? Oh, yeah. They go, yes, hey, I know. Hey, Jordan, this is Jordan. Hey, Jordan, it's me, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> not my real name. Just wanted to say it was. thought you'd like that. Uh, let's take our next call. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Go. This is Val. I just got to Portland for my brother's wedding. I'm driving down to Corvallis with my baby sister. Pick up our middle sister. We just saw a horse in the middle of a field, and it fell over, and it rolled onto its back, and it started wiggling its butt around, crashing its back in the grass. It was the most awesome thing ever. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. That's great. Yeah, she fucking knows how to do it. You know what? You know what is just always magical what's that is when an animal has an accident mm-hmm. <laughs> well i thought she said it rolled over on purpose to scratch its own back well it fell over oh. but then it decided to scratch its yeah while it was while it was there how I does think, a horse just fall over i've never seen that happen ever they're much bigger on top than they're on the bottom well also some hmm. horses are drunk did you know that i did not know that. some horses are uh, alcoholics some horses uh, have peanut butter on the roof of their mouth Oh, I like know. Mr. Ed. Like Mr. Ca- Ed. Causes them to fall. It messes Mr. with their Ed. equilibrium. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I always like it when a, like a dog is running and it hits something or when a cat <laughs> tries to jump and fucking misses it. That shit is hilarious. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know, it, it's, it's kind of beautiful in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it really seems like the universe has its shit together when an animal has an accident, you know? I also want to commend this woman on really understanding what's at the heart of a momentous occasion mm-hmm, call. Mm-hmm. She called in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. You could tell. I mean, she's on the road. She's on the road. You she's like, it. put my phone on speaker. I got to call Jesse and Jordan. 
Call Jordan Jesse Go Momentous Occasions line. Yeah, and she had it in her phone. Granted, yep. would the story have been the same if she would have done it, you know, later on or the next day? Yeah, the content would have been the same, but the energy wasn't you there. Need the energy. The energy. Yep. There's a sound quality yeah, to yep. it. Yeah, and furthermore, the immediacy of it. Look, we get a lot of people calling. Oh, I just, I, it's the first time I ever put such and such into my butt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, oh, it's the first. The, that's fine. Sure. Yeah. But my calls never I'm, you guys never I'm put my glad calls to on hear them. about your butt. Congratulations. <laughs> you technically don't call the line. You call me. <laughs> and I just, leave, I, you do leave me yeah, voicemail. I just text it to you with a picture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's called sexting. <laughs> oh. My wife told me I wasn't allowed to do that. Okay. So um, I She's lying, you are. Oh, okay. I uh, I appreciate someone that understands that at the heart of momentous occasions mm-hmm. is immediacy, urgency, and an animal doing something funny. Sure, just something funny happening. Yeah, just not. not it doesn't have to be gross or complicated. Mm-hmm. Just a, a, horse a horse fell down, shaking its butt on the ground in the dirt is funny. That's great. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is our telephone number. JJ go at maximumfun.org, Our email address. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Steel Santa. <laughs> Pat Francisco. The Steel Santa? Yeah, that's the Santa that tried to replace Santa after, his, after the original Santa's death. Okay. There were, yeah, there were Santas filling in for Steel Santa. Is this Santa a, Boy from Earth 2. Is this a Silver, silver Age? Like <laughs> one of those complicated? Yes, it's very complicated. Shaq will play silver, uh, Steel Santa in the movie. Oh, yeah, I like so. a 70s. Jack Kirby type situation. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Santa's from multiple Earths. Gotcha. <laughs> um, Pat Francis, it's been a joy to have you on the program. Thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun. I actually brought a. I have a hot pocket in my pocket, and it'll be, <laughs> it'll be cooked by the time I get out of this room. Oh, good. <laughs> you guys record here every week. Why would you wear that? And why would you wear a flannel shirt and jeans if you know how hot it is in this room? We this should is explain. not flannel. I'm wearing a cashmere turtleneck. <laughs> 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 and I'm dressed in my typical lumberjack outfit. Sure. I would have never worn my mohair suit had I known. Yeah. I do wish I had worn shirt. I was coming from something. Okay. But I could have worn shirt. You know what? I should have worn shorts. Pat, I was going to argue you. I was going to try and save face. No, I'm a chump. I should have worn shorts. <laughs> I don't. Number one, I don't need to save face or ass. I dress the way I dress because I, I have a certain inbuilt dignity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. on the day that we shot the video mm-hmm. uh, that was a tour of our office. And that day I was dressed very poorly. I feel like typically I, I feel like typically when we do this show, you're pretty cash. I keep it cash because it's toasty in here. It's the weekend. I think people when people envision you, they they think of a guy people who's wearing wear a, a tuxedo all, all everywhere. Day. Yeah, and I wear a tuxedo after five. Sure. We don't you know we start recording the show at four. You usually. put on the tuxedo halfway through the show. Exactly. <laughs> During the day, I'm in before we get to that five o'clock, that halfway point. Mm. I'm usually wearing a stroller. That's day formal. Sure. That's day formal, <laughs> folks. That's what President Reagan wore to his mm. inaugural. <laughs> and don't say you were dressed poorly when you're dressed like how normal people usually dress. <laughs> <laughs> you were dressed standard in a t-shirt and jeans. That's not poorly. Okay. 
What uh, normal people wear. Well, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Pat Francis is the host of the uh, podcast Rock Solid, uh, which you can find in your information tunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your, mm, I'm thinking about dropping an episode into everyone's iTunes that's library. That's a good idea. You I'm know tr- what people will love? That. Yeah. <laughs> that certainly will get no blowback. <laughs> people are going to be like, wait, free rock solid? Great. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's coming every week now. Wait a minute. Now it won't uh, stop. Oh, we did not want this. Yeah. You know who would be really upset? Pat Benatar. <laughs> I have to get if I ever have her on the show, I need to tell her that story. Right? Are you gonna get the guy from the guy from Asia's autograph in the future? I don't even know if I'm gonna try again. I think you are. If yeah, I am. I believe in you, Pat. <laughs> I think you could do it. I'm gonna be real aggressive this time though. <laughs> I'm gonna be real aggressive. Uh you can uh you can post about our program on your social medias, hashtag it JJGo. Um, we can like us on Facebook. On Facebook, a lot of things popping off on that new Facebook group at mm-hmm. facebook.com slash maximumfun.org. A lot of good stuff happening on the Reddit. You know what? We post – somebody will post this show on Reddit when it goes up. We'll get – you'd think it's just uh, uh, L.A.W. Uh, L.A. Looks. Three, three L.A. Looks. The creator of the gel. Um, you think it's just L.A. Looks on there posting comments. Sure. But it's not. We'll get 60, 70 comments on one episode of Jordan Jesse Go. Different conversations are going discussion. on. That's cool. Sometimes there will be a link to Dragon's Fucking Cars. Sometimes not. Yeah. Um, Depending on if it's prevalent to the That's episode. at MaximumFun.reddit.com. Of course, our forum. Still lots of comments on the forum. Forum.MaximumFun.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of great places you can follow up on this program, which I insist that you do. Brian Fernandez, our producer. Sonny D over there. Uh, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and Light in the Attic Records is our theme music. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.